90.7 WTCC. Good morning. Welcome. Welcomes, welcomes, welcomes <laughs> to the spoken word. I'm your host, Bishop Talbert Swam the second. Uh, good to be with you this morning as summer is grinding down. School is starting. You know, all that fall stuff is popping up now. Um, in any case, we're live here in the studio, 413-736-2781. Got my peeps um, on Facebook and uh, Instagram and Twitters and all that stuff. Rep your city, rep your town, let, let the peoples know. Uh, exactly where you're chiming in from. Would love to know what part of the country or the world uh, you guys are are listening in from. Uh, we that are here in the Pioneer Valley uh, definitely welcome you. Good morning, uh, Kathy Swanson. Good morning, um, Lynette Roper. Cousin. Good morning. The Reverend Jesse Preacher Man Burgess. Good morning, Gene Jones, uh, who is vacationing in Paris. Okay. All right. You could have left that little part out. Good morning, Sister Lisa from Chi Town. Zeta Govan right here from the hometown. Kay Murray. Good morning to each and every one of you um, who are chiming in here on the program. Listen, Um, did somebody say Greece? Oh, Kojic Greeks. All right. Good morning. Yes, my favorite Kojic Greek cue. I don't think I have any favorite cues, but I ain't going to get into that right now. We're not going to debate Greek stuff right now. That's a whole nother conversation, you know, for us to have at a later time. I don't think cues can be saved. Now, you know, I mean, I know God can, for the uttermost, from the guttermost to the uttermost, he can do it. <clears throat> but, you know, even the blood of Jesus, um, it's difficult to save a cue. 413 <laughs> 2781 uh, is the number here. So uh, now let me first, let, let me do this thing about the chicken sandwiches. Be honest with me. Honest with me. How many of y'all actually went out to get that Popeye's chicken sandwich? That chicken sandwich. Be honest. Tell me. Those on social media. Those who want to call in, 413-736-2781. I'm just going to throw that out there as kind of a side subject. Um, if if you did the chicken sandwich um, little competition thing and you want to tell me how wonderful Popeye's chicken sandwich is, you got to first tell me how long you stood in line to get that sandwich. And... What else you're willing to stand in line that long for? Okay? Don't tell me you're going to stand in line for a chicken sandwich, but then you ain't going to vote. You know, 
Y'all, y'all feel me. You, you understand what I'm saying. You're going to be in line for a chicken sandwich, but you ain't got time or patience to uh, go to the parent-teacher association meeting at your kid's school. Oops. The bishop is all up in our living room, and this ain't even supposed to be his topic. All right. So that's, that's just sidebar. Sidebar. You know, Popeye's, Chick-fil-A, all that kind of stuff. And, and you know what? <clears throat> I was talking about that. And I was saying how I said, you know, my wife and my daughters and my mama and, you know, many church mothers and them um, through the years that can cook circles around Chick-fil-A and Popeye's. And guess what? They said I was sexist. I'm a misogynist because my wife cooks for me. (laughs) But, you know, they ain't going to call her sexist when I'm shoveling the snow or cutting the grass or fixing nothing or putting oil in the car. You know, she ain't sexist for me doing that, but I'm sexist because she cooked the chicken. Y'all a trip. 413-736-2781. And, yeah, if you want to chime in on that, too, hey, we can talk about that, too. You know, I don't have no problem. I, see, I, I don't shy away from, uh, you know, I'm I'm not a baby boomer, Gen X. I'm in between, and um, uh, I don't have a I don't have an issue with traditional gender roles, and you know th- this whole blurring of the line stuff. Yeah, a man can cook, and yeah, a woman can do yard work, of course, if that's what they choose to do. But if a family chooses that they want to do traditional gender roles. That ain't y'all business. It ain't none of y'all business who do the cooking in my house. Okay? So if I want to lay on the bed or sit in the man cave while my wife cooks for the family, which she likes to do, that ain't y'all business. So I'm going to just leave that right there. I ain't going to get into that. I ain't going no further than that. I'm going to leave that right there. 413 713- 736-2781. But you can tell me what you feel about that, too. Chicken sandwich, and who's supposed to cook the chicken? Y'all can definitely chime in on both of those. So, former quarterback um, Colin Kaepernick uh, appeared to take a swipe at Jay-Z after he claimed that we moved past kneeling when discussing his new partnership with the NFL. Uh, he released a series of messages that urged those in the NFL to continue to fight racial inequality and police brutality. He began kneeling as a silent protest in 2016, left the San Francisco 49ers for free agency in 2017, has not played in the league since. Earlier this year, uh, he and the Carolina Panthers' Eric Reed settled a collusion grievance they filed against the NFL. He addressed his social media post to Reed and Miami Dolphins player uh, Kenny Stills and Albert Wilson. Those three players continue to kneel during the national anthem and have uh, repeatedly criticized the league. He said that his brothers Reed, Stills, and Wilson continue to fight for the people even in the face of death threats. Um, 
He said they've moved. They've never moved past the people and continue to put their beliefs into action and admonish them to stay strong. Now, you all remember a week or so ago, the NFL and Jay-Z joined in a partnership that names his entertainment company, Rock Nation, as the league's live music entertainment strategist. He's also going to consult the NFL on the league's activism campaign, Inspire Change. He's going to advise the league on its entertainment events, including the Super Bowl, host a Pro Bowl community concert, produce original music, artist podcast, and enhance the Inspire Change platform, which is supposed to focus on education. And check this out. Improving police community relations and criminal justice reform. How do you improve police community relations by keeping a player out of the league for protesting bad police community relations? Somebody needs to help me understand how that happens. Um, but anyway, um, Kaepernick says that uh, he wants his brothers to stay strong. He wants them to um, to continue. Um, he wants them to continue to fight for the people. Uh, and basically, what 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 Colin is saying is. I don't care what Jay-Z says, we haven't moved past anything yet, okay? You know, we, we, we're, st- we're still fighting. Um, and, hey, what you going to do? He's the man who started the protest, and he gets to have a say uh, in the conversation that's going on about it. So, in any case... That's where it is. And many of you had your own opinions about it. Uh, you know, a lot of you all who are enamored with Jay-Z, you know, you, you said um, and you said that, yeah, it's time for action, time for action, time for action. But just be honest about it. Let's just be honest. See, there's no need in, in being disingenuous because, I, you know, I say this, that many of the of the people who are jumping on the Jay-Z bandwagon and are talking about, um, you know, it's time for action uh, and trying to justify uh, where Jay-Z went with it. Y'all never protested in the first place. <laughs> Just be, you ain't never stopped watching no games. You, 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 you ain't stopped buying no jersey. You, 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 you ain't stopped playing fantasy football. None of that stuff. So, I mean, you know, if, if you're going to talk about it, at least be honest. I mean, don't be sitting up here fronting, you know, like like you was like you was boycotting the NFL for the last two years. Come on, man. Ain't nobody stupid. <laughs> you know, it's easy to talk that move past the kneeling when you never took a knee. It's easy to talk about. Um. Um, dismissing somebody else's sacrifice when you're not the one who ever made one. You know, it's kind of selfish as well. 
Um, um, but, you know, when you don't risk your entire career, you don't risk your livelihood, you don't risk potentially losing your job. Um, yeah, it's easy to talk that junk about, you know, it's time to move on. Stop it. And, 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 you know, can I just be honest with you all? I've been, I, you know, I, 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 I've been, I've been doing, you know, social justice advocacy for a little while now, for a little while, you know, at least 30 years. Um, and when I find out about black people, unfortunately, is they sit on the sidelines and talk a lot of smack about what so-and-so ain't doing and such-and-such should be doing while they do nothing. And, And then when injustice finally visits their house, when it finally becomes a part of their family and their situation, then they want everybody and their mother to get involved. Then they want to know where's the politicians, where are the preachers, where are the activists. They want to know where everybody's at once it's their son, their daughter, once it's their job that's on the line, once the police has beat up somebody in their family or even unfortunately shot or murdered somebody in their family, then all of a sudden it becomes an emergency for everybody to get involved when you and your family sat on the sidelines doing nothing when it was somebody else's family that was involved. Y'all really got to think about that. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Hey, Bishop. How you doing? I'm doing well. Um, well, my name is Chuck. You know, I follow you on Twitter. Love your responses to, you know, to the uh, ignorant people that uh, I'm just using. I'm going to use the word ignorant because, you know, I don't want to be too vulgar on your show. I understand. Um, yeah, the ignorant people that uh, that are apologists for, for white supremacy and racism. Um um, so, I, you know, I really appreciate that. It's refreshing to see and hear because uh, you have no time for them. Anyway, so I'm having this debate on Twitter uh, with this one guy, right? How do you how do you have a civil debate, right, with people who, first of all, he says, he says slavery was not solely the white man's fault. He says um, uh, Jim Crow was a long time ago, so black people need to pull themselves up by the bootstraps. And move on. How do you have a, a civil conversation with people that hold those beliefs that, you know, that the, the, the atrocities that were that were uh, put upon that black people have been through are a thing of the past and we should just move on from it? Well, you, you don't. You don't have a civil conversation with them because their interest is not to have a civil conversation. First exactly. of all, in, in order to have a civil conversation, both parties have to be willing to engage in a civil debate, in a constructive, substantive civil debate. These are gaslighters. These are these are people who take these are typical white supremacist talking points to dis right. to dismiss 
black pain and black history. Uh So the first thing they say when you talk about slavery, well, Africans sold people into slavery. It's y'all own fault that y'all were slaves. You know, and and we're going we're going to dismiss what happened after they got out of West Africa. We're going to dismiss the whole (laughs) Middle Passage. We're going to dismiss selling them on the auction block. We're going to dismiss what happened on the plantation and the generations thereafter. We're going to dismiss all of the responsibility that white folks had with American chattel slavery, and we're going to put it on the African back in West Africa who may have sold uh, a slave and and put right. all the slavery it's 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 gaslighting you know to the on steroids basically uh, right. and, and and it's just like when you talk about the extrajudicial murder of black people by police and then they start talking about what about chicago what about black on right. black crime i mean most of the them? crime and most of the violence in the world has been white on white and eight but don't nobody use the term white on white crime of people who kill white people are other white people. But people don't talk about white-on-white crime. It's gaslighting. They don't want to have a civil debate. They want to dismiss. They want to absolve themselves of any responsibility for black pain and oppression. They want to put the onus completely on you and then come up with this erroneous pull yourself up by your bootstrap mentality. When no white person pulled themselves up by their bootstraps, when white immigrants came here from various parts of Europe, the American government, they didn't start welfare and social programs and stuff to help black and brown people. All of that stuff, GI bills and 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 the whole FDR New Deal, all that stuff, all of that was aimed at helping white people. Period. And so uh, nobody has received more assistance from the government in terms of getting a leg up on society than white folks. So when you talk about you're gonna give us flip flops and tell us pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, it makes no sense. Yeah. So, so how? So there's, it's, it's. I think it's just so sad that in this day and age, there's so. I just feel like some people are lost. You know, we, we just can't bring them back. We just have to defeat them, and 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 just move on from them. You know, because these people are existing right now who hold the beliefs that that whatever is going on in the black community, not all communities have issues, but in the black community especially, it's just our fault. They don't want to bring up the history of of slavery, Jim Crow, uh, and and uh, institutional uh, uh, systemic racism. You know, they never want to talk about that. And they want to. And they want to divorce. They they want to divorce the long lasting effects of those things on exactly. what's happening today, as if they are not part of the whole context. You cannot pretend right. these things didn't exist and that they don't have an effect even today. I mean, think about it for a moment. Black people got the right to vote the year I was born, which means my daddy and every generation before then did not have the legal right to vote. We are one right. generation in on on vote. Well, yes. three generations now when you count my children and grandchildren. But, I mean, we're not talking ancient history. We're talking about things no. that affect us today. Today, yeah. Yeah. But... It's just so sad, Bishop. I don't know how to deal with these people. I, I try to, like, you know, make them... They, they're just immune to facts. 
Well, you here's know, what you here's what you here's what you do. There's a verse of scripture where Jesus tells his disciples to go into these various cities to preach the gospel, and those that receive um, to engage with them. Those that reject, he said, shake the dust off your feet and move on to the next town. That's what you do with right. people like that. When when people like okay. that, when it's obvious, they re- they're not there to glean information. They're not there for an exchange of ideas. They're not there for constructive yeah. dialogue. They're there to waste right. your time. You just shake the dust off your feet and keep it moving on to the next person. That's it. That's it. Well, thank you so much, Bishop. You know, keep doing what you're doing, uh, and God bless you. All right. Take care. 413-736-2781. Yeah, some folk don't want they don't they don't really want to have constructive dialogue. They 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 just want to waste your time, gaslight, um <clears throat> and push um their racist agenda. And that's just the way it is. Um So yeah, 413-736-2781. Um I'll take this call and then I'll I'll talk about these police killings. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Yes, hi. Good morning. I was. Good morning. You're on the air. I was. Yes, I was calling because I totally agree with everything that you're saying. With in reference to the black people sit on the sidelines to complain until something hits their doorstep. You know oh my goodness! I sit here and come talk about what's going on, and I hear from well, that's not my problem. That's not my problem. It is our problem, and everything you're saying with the voting. Everything's so brand new. With with a lot of a lot of us are still not awoke, and they they're too comfortable. They feel okay. We don't have to sit on the back of the bus anymore. We don't have to do this, so we're all right. No, we are not okay, because if you look between the lines, slowly little things are creeping back. Little things are creeping back, and I don't. It gets so frustrating when I hear people saying little remarks like, "Well, it's not my problem," and want to rock these expensive clothes. Rocking the white man, Tommy Hilfiger and stuff, but can't pay their bills, but don't want to promote nothing for black business with men and women. It's just very, it, it, it's, it's sickening. And I don't even know what else to even just, you know, how to approach people about it anymore. Absolutely. Agreed. Thank you for your call. Thank you. Good morning, caller. Good day. Caller, you're on the air. Good morning. All right, 413-736-2781. Yeah, we can't wait until um, tragedy, discrimination, injustice hits our door before we get involved. That's what Dr. King meant, you know. Um, Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Uh, There's an old proverb that says, he is not wise um, who sits while his neighbor's house is on fire? Cause it might be their house today, but it could be yours tomorrow. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Caller, you're on the air. All I don't want to talk. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Good morning, sir. How are you? It's Carl in Westfield. I'm good. How you doing? Good. I um, I actually um have a unique perspective on this. I'm considered Caucasian male, but like Steve Martin in the movie The Jerk, I landed and lived in a black community. And uh, where I had moved from, we had control of 23 cities and towns called Hamden County. 
So when I tell you I see a systematic design, they call it entitlement, entanglement, and they want to take away your empowerment. And they have to do it what you call subtle. So the idea is to create a subconscious view that, like the last caller said, they're supposed to smoke Newports. Uh, Hennessy and certain brands were born and distributed and marketed strictly to the ghetto. However, this is the biggest point. I live there. The majority of the people are aware of it. They've taken their power back, and they realize that to be a victim, it requires acceptance. And uncover, discover, and recover what happened in your childhood, it takes away what you call toxic emotion and subconscious control. So actually, where I live, they were in charge. They got the white man's money. They kept him under their thumb. And they subtly and quietly went about their business. So remember when Malcolm X said, we didn't come here on a cruise ship. We came here bonded and chained in the cellar of a slave ship. And we, we didn't we, land, we, on, we didn't land on Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock landed on us. Yes, sir. And my truth and dreams will set you free. So people are waking up. This is the biggest point. This generation with their smartphone and Romeo and Juliet syndrome with instant information. Look at my ex with the new person. Like Taylor Swift just mentioned in her new song that why would I throw all my emotion away over one person when they're not even really with me? I told her like it's a dog going to a bowl of food. You don't throw away your life because a guy cheated or a girl did you wrong. You move on and find someone else. So there's going to be like Woodstock, uh, that, that movement where in the 60s with the hippies introduced drugs and then they got gonorrhea and syphilis and went, that's enough. This will straighten and level out in the new generation. Well, we'll see. We'll see how it all, all, how it all washes out. Uh, but I appreciate your yes. call. Thank you, bud. 413-736-2781. Um, police killings now. Check this out. Are the sixth leading cause of death among young black men. Police brutality is the sixth highest cause of death among young black men in America. Okay? From ages 20 to 35, they are at a higher risk of being killed by law enforcement. According to the report, which was published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences by Rutgers University. Um, it is absolutely mind-boggling that it's in there. So, here, here they are. Here they are. Accidental death. Suicide. Homicides. Heart disease. Cancer. And getting shot by cops. Those are the six leading causes of death for young black men, ages twenty to thirty-five. Let me let me name them again: accidental death, suicide, homicides. Heart disease, cancer, and getting shot 
by the police. Young black men, two and a half times more likely to be killed by law enforcement than their white peers. Black women, one and a half times more than white women. Wow. Imagine that. Can you imagine how young black men feel every day when they go out into society? They see police cars up and down the street running to police officers knowing that the sixth leading cause of them being killed is getting shot by a cop? Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Good morning, Bishop. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, sir. I was surfing the web this morning, and I ran across a Newsweek article, and it said that the FBI ranked black identity extremists bigger than al-Qaeda and white supremacy. So I have a question for you. It's twofold. Question number one, what is black identity extremist? Number two, I want you to name a group of black people who go around the country killing people. Okay, so let first, let's deal with it. Um, first of all, the FBI knows that the number one terrorist threat in America are white supremacist males. It knows the this. It, 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 the director of the FBI, Christopher Ray, testified before Congress on July 23rd, a month ago, and stated that every single case in 2018 of domestic terrorism uh, and every case that they had to investigate to foil of domestic terrorism involved white supremacists. This is what the FBI knows. What was leaked was a document by the FBI uh-huh. that placed their focus on black identity extremists as a top threat, even though they knew white supremacists were the top threat. Not only was it black identity extremists, they placed animal rights activists ahead of al-Qaeda and ahead of white supremacists. This is the Trump administration who says, to hell with the fact that white supremacists and, 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 and other terrorist groups are more dangerous. We're going after Negroes and animal rights activists. That's why Trump kept saying uh, we're going to classify Antifa as a terrorist organization. Antifa stands for anti-fascist. You know, if you ain't anti-fascist, you must be pro-fascist. Now, the term black identity extremists did not exist until Trump's administration. Under Trump's Department of Justice, under Jefferson Beauregard Sessions, his first attorney general, they promulgated a term to identify Black activists, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, and other groups that fought against white supremacy. And they labeled them black identity extremists. They categorized them as such for surveillance 
and for all types of other subversive activities by the FBI, similar to what happened under J. Edgar Hoover in the 50s and 60s with COINTELPRO, the counterintelligence program of the FBI that put people like the Black Panthers and Malcolm X and Martin Luther King and others on surveillance constantly um, by the FBI. Basically, that it, it's the modern-day COINTELPRO to say we've okay. got to watch out for these black activists uh, and we've got to survey them and 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 be subversive when it comes to them. I'm sure I'm on the list. I'm sure there's a whole bunch of other people who may be on the list as black identity extremists, even though they know we're not the ones grabbing AK-47s or AR-15s yes. and shooting up schools and malls and shopping centers. Yeah, I'm sure your show is on the list. And the second question is a rhetorical question. Who can name a group? of black individuals that are going around the country killing people. That's extremism. Exactly. And that's exactly the point. That That's why, you know, it was, it, it should have been embarrassing uh, when, when that document was leaked. Um, and, and, and that's what made it so ridiculous that you're, you're really going after so-called black identity extremists and animal rights activists when, um, you know, Billy and them is the ones going around shooting up people. Well, so you have a blessed day, have a blessed week, have a blessed service next Sunday, and thanks for your time and thanks for your knowledge. All right. Thank you for your call. 413-736-2781. Yeah, that, that, that's absolutely crazy. Um, you know, um, and, and, and that's why when it came out that that the suspect – who wounded the police officers, didn't kill any of them. But the guy in Philadelphia, um, that the suspect was black. That's why those white supremacists went crazy. Oh, my God, finally, finally, a black person who's shooting people. It was like Christmas for them. I mean, I mean, they, they, you know, they jumped all over social media, you know, jumping up and down. I mean, they hit me up so many times it was laughable. Uh, Bishop Swan, what you got to say about this? Bishop Swan, what you got to say about that? I'm like Dylan Roof. That's what I got to say about it. How about that? James Egan Holmes. That's what I got to say. Nicholas Cruz. That's what I got to say about it. You know, it was like they were so ecstatic, so happy that it wasn't another white dude. <laughs> they didn't know how to contain themselves. Uh, it, it's pathetic. Um, and, and, and the FBI needs to be ashamed of itself, pushing this racist agenda by this white supremacist president when the director knows good and well who the threats are. And you're going to prioritize going after so-called black identity extremists just to satisfy this bigot in the White House, you know, and putting Americans at risk because you are not expending your resources going after the real threats. That, that, that's what we got going on in America. It's insane. I mean, it's it's crazy. Um, but but I mean that, that that's what it is. That's what it is. 
Uh, so we got police shootings that are deeply systemic. Um, um, we got white supremacist terrorism that's going on while the FBI tries to go after Antifa and Black Lives Matter. Um, this nation is 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 in a bizarre uh, situation. Um, and, and, and it's, it's like, no matter how crazy it gets, no matter how ridiculous things get, you can always still find somebody trying to justify the ridiculousness. Doesn't matter. There's always somebody who tries to justify the crazy that's going on, trying to figure out a way to make the crazy okay and make you think that you're crazy for thinking their crazy is actually crazy. 413-736-2781. I want to spend a little time uh, dealing with the subject of reparations. Um, haven't talked about it on the show in a while, but it's in the national conversation it's in the national discourse um and definitely want to talk about it uh before we close out the program uh, let me play this piece right here uh and we'll come right back uh 4137362781 don't touch that dial stay right here all of you all who are on social media keep it locked right there we're coming back we're talking about reparations keep it locked it's a matter concerning the government of the United States and any other Americans that benefited from the enslavement and subsequent criminal treatment of said human beings. Come on and bring on the reparation. Come on and bring on the reparation. Oh, master of the perfect word, universe, technological fault tongue. Riddle me this. If the Chinese can come from China and the French can come from France, what made you think you could get niggas out of Africa in the first place? Just because you put puppies in the oven, that don't make them biscuits. Reparations on GP. We want. Come on and bring on the Come on and bring on the reparations. 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 For all the unrequited home runs, brothers be burning up the bases. The crowd be going mad. Brothers be crossing over home plate. Go outside and can't get a cab. For Lil Richard, teaching the Beatles how to scream like Aunt Jemima without her pancakes. And all the other dark and unknown rockers, electrified, the republic sanctified, shaking that cold war out the booty body politic. Come on and bring on the reparations. 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 For the beat in beatnik, white negroes and such, getting off up under that great music in them little ass five spots. For the jazz in the jazz age, making your women wiggle and squirm, and you trying to twist and do the worm. Your abstract expressionism drizzle dripping. You might say, if I was you, I would go on the road and howl too. Jimmy Dean and Elvis, they can go to wherever they went, and Marilyn too. 
Except she got caught in a trick and got bent out of that cute little shape she had going. Come on and bring on the Come reparations. Come on and bring on the reparations. If the laws of retribution apply to all of the men, and this restitution granted, and the soldiers freed from the pen, now our backs are to the corner. One desired Come on and bring on the reparations For the Birmingham Gospels Four little girls come Sunday For the Jesus remix And those redneck streets Fire hose, mad dog crucifix And what exactly did you say You was doing at the time As I'll soft shoe on the rock of edges For the privilege in your skin A wounded knee A trail of tears For the Indian and us We want All the hip and all the swing To the whiteness of whiteness, pretending you was the only one who could see. Tis after all about thee, just like you like it. Mercy, mercy, mercy me, etc., and so on and so forth, and so on and so forth. For the missing royalty checks, and so on and so forth. For VD and Tuskegee called syphilis, and so on and so forth. 90.7 for all of that. Them 40 acres notwithstanding, that new notwithstanding, multiplied, magnified, quantized, digitized, what to say about forgiveness, uh-huh, between you, uh-huh, and your God. Yeah. Come on and bring on the reparations. Well, Reverend, why should we have to pay for... What somebody did when we weren't even alive. We had nothing to do with that. I tell you what. How about we take away all of the benefits and the wealth that white folks inherited from folks who were here when they weren't alive? Okay? Since that's, the, I mean, that's the way you want to play. If you don't want us to get reparations for the misery, the abuse, the murder, um, the oppression that so many generations of our families faced, which directly impacted where we are today, then how about y'all give up every benefit? from the generations that came before you and everybody start out even. How about that? You know, how about, you know, if your ancestors 
were in insurance, many of those who made their fortunes off of slavery. And, and we can run the list. Matter of fact, I'm, I think I'm going to have to look it up. <clears throat> so many multinational corporations in America um, that benefited from slavery. Uh, and um, that you're not even aware of. I mean, I'm, we're talking about schools and colleges and um, um, newspapers and insurance agencies and fashion designers and all of that kind of stuff um, that got their wealth off of slavery. And, and I mean, we can run the list. Lehman Brothers, um, Aetna Insurance, uh, USA Today. Um, I mean... You know, the the Brooks Brothers, the list just is exhaustive of the number of major corporations, J.P. Morgan Chase, uh, New York Life. Um, you know, the list goes on and on to the break of dawn in terms of the corporations that benefited as a result of slavery. Uh, N.M. Rothschild's, uh, um, you know, corporation. Uh, many of our uh, Wachovia Bank, many of our banks and newspapers and all that that your families worked for for years got rich and built their empires off slavery. Um, so how about you just give up your benefits? You know, since you know you don't you don't think you know we should be compensated for 250 years of free labor and subsequent 150 years of Jim Crow, uh, segregation, discrimination, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and one of my um, listeners aptly pointed out that even the Voting Rights Act, which right now is neutered because in 2013 they got rid of the formula in Section 4 that created the enforcement in Section 5. And so since there's no formula, there's now no enforcement. So in essence, the Voting Rights Act is mute, is moot, can't be enforced. Um, and and even when it was enforceable, it had to be reauthorized every several years. It wasn't permanent. So our voting rights are conditional. In 2019, it's absolutely amazing. So when you talk about reparations and and settlements and monies that America has paid. America has paid billions of dollars for wrong that it's done. But for whatever reason, it don't want to pay black people. Don't want to pay the descendants of slaves. The American descendants of slaves doesn't want to pay us. They paid $1.6 billion to the Japanese for holding them for three years in internment camps during World War II. Paid them, paid their descendants. They paid $32 million to the Ottawa Indians of Michigan. They paid $31 million to the Chippewas of Wisconsin. They paid $12.3 million to the Seminoles uh, of Florida. Uh, the CEO of South Dakota, they paid $105 million. They paid $81 million to the Klamaths in Oregon. They paid $1 billion and gave 44 million acres to Alaska natives. 
They paid zero to African-American descendants of slaves. It seems like everybody is worthy of being compensated for wrongs that were done to them or their ancestors, except for the descendants of those enslaved Africans who built this nation. Why is that? Why are reparations so controversial? Reparations to black people so controversial. Why is that? We have we have cities and communities that suffer severely from the vestiges of slavery and the racial inequities perpetuated by America's contemporary public policies, but they don't see a reason why. And Mitch McConnell, the, the son of slave owners, the descendant of slave owners, had the nerve to open his trap as to why America shouldn't have to pay reparations. And his family owned slaves. He is the beneficiary of wealth passed down by slave owners. Mitch, please. (laughs) Mitch better have my money. (laughs) Please stop it. Just stop it. Um, I mean, black income today is half of the state average in most states, while the poverty rate is double that of the surrounding area. The life expectancy uh, in, in, in parts of urban communities where um, the population is predominantly African-American is literally 16 years less than those who live in the suburbs. Okay. Um, you have whole communities. If you take, for instance, the fifth ward of Houston, 57% of the residents, mainly African-Americans, live on less than $25,000 a year. Okay. Nearly 60% of residents over 24 don't have a high school education. The reparations movement is about undoing the damage where that damage has been the most severe. Reparations should focus on undoing the damage that America has done to the descendants of slaves based on its blatantly racist policies and practices that have placed 